Hi everybody, I'm Lawson Leon. I'm Benel Jamosen. We're the co-hosts of the Talking Naruto Podcast. Well, I wanted to end with, uh, instead of that, I wanted to just be Captain America and Iron Man. Yeah. And I wanted to, to just be them making, like, really sweet game <laughs> Like, passionate. Like, Chris Evans and Drew Donnie just deep-kissing. <laughs> and then, like, it's filmed, and it's, it's like a 20-minute scene where, like, the deep sweat glistening just on their chiseled forms as... Captain America threw us in deep. By, way, by the way, this is Chris my, Evans. You just see like the, you know, the they, sexual, they, they, like they, when you see the hips, where the hips meet like his abs, right? And you know, the camera just pans up from there, and you just see his form. By the way, the thing I said and and is in the, the first 20 minutes of the movie. Is <laughs> the rest of the movie? It's the next two and a half hours. Cause yeah, it's still three hours long. <laughs> It's like the last scene is the Night King sitting on the throne, oh, yeah, and then he looks, and then we pan out far enough, and it's just steamships with <laughs> Japanese men on the, on the prow going like, well, it's finally happened. <laughs> yeah, they've been monitoring this whole situation. Uh, well, looks like we gotta we gotta we initiate gotta, code three seven two and from a satellite <laughs> yeah. laser beam. Satellite laser beam. And it just everything explodes. And it just evaporates. It's like, wow, what was the point of all that? <laughs> Dude just turns like, what's the point of all that? That's it. At the end, George R. R. Martin walks onto the screen, looks at the audience and says, what was the point of all this? <laughs> and then walks off. And that's it. <laughs> and then credits. Four Emmys. And then all the think pieces later. What was it really the... What was really the point? Of Game of Thrones. (laughs) Nothing, you moron. And we're live, everybody. Patreon, thank you so much for uh, for tuning in. This is the special. uh, This is not. This is the Talking Naruto Patreon show about Mob Psycho 100. Uh, with special guest Claire, everybody. Hello. <laughs> Claire, at Claire Doors, is with us. Claire is um regular guest on the Talking Smart podcast that me and Benel do about wrestling, which some of you listen to. Basically just Sean Tragedy, I think, <laughs> right now. Uh, but yeah, this is, so this, we're having, we finally, I finally got around <laughs> to doing the Mob Psycho 100 episode. And uh, so this is that. So for those of you who... Uh, maybe you're on the fence, maybe you haven't watched Mob Psycho, you're like, oh, what's this thing about? Um, you might be aware of the anime and manga One Punch Man, which, uh, is, uh, written, was drawn and slash written by, uh, One, who is, like, the greatest manga artist of all time, and that he's a terrible <laughs> artist, <laughs> but a great writer, <laughs> and basically just got famous because his, of the satire of his mangas, basically. And so I think Mob Psycho was actually... Uh, the work that he did first, um, and it's it's about a boy named Shigio Kagiyama, who is nicknamed Mob, who is just a sweetheart. He's just the sweetest kid, just a shy, yeah, shy, sensitive middle schooler, uh, who is tutored, who has incredible psychic powers, and is tutored by his mentor and friend uh, Regan, who does not actually have any psychic powers, but is also just a good guy at heart and a good mentor to him. <laughs> And they have adventures, and there's like a monster of the week sometimes, and uh, it's a very, it's it's kind of a satire on the um, shonen battle genre, but also has a lot of heart, uh, which I think is what really makes it stand out. Uh, Claire, what what drew you to the Mob Psycho 100 show? Uh, that it's just focuses a lot on him in school and the relationships he has with the people around him and it's not all about just how powerful he is or how much they fight monsters as weak. It's about his relationship and him coming into himself. Yeah. And his, his own confidence. It's like it the, the success feels more when he makes friends or achieves something in his life that does when he beats a monster, which is easy for him. Right. Yeah, because he's kind of similar to One Punch Man in that he is the most powerful being in his world. But 
uh, in One Punch Man, the whole thing is like, oh, he he beats everything easily. And Mob, he does. He's a pacifist. He's kind of like Gohan in um, from Dragon Ball Z, who's my favorite Dragon Ball Z character. <laughs> um, yeah, he's kind of uh, yeah. That is, you're right. It's kind of like um, uh, Claire. You play Dungeons and Dragons, right? Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, you know, there's some, there's sometimes like combat in D and D is fun, but then sometimes with the real win <laughs> is when you finally convince that dude to let you like open a thing or like some like it's sometimes the social successes yeah. in Dungeons and Dragons mean way more than when you kill the big monster thing, and in in Mob Psycho it's very much like that. Uh, and so the story of Mob is basically it is him. Growing, it is a coming of age story. Him try, like learning to grow up as a sensitive little shy boy uh, with phenomenal psychic powers, uh, and he meets uh, several supporting characters uh, like the members of the Body Improvement Club, uh, the uh, members of the Telepathy Club who try to like make him their new leader. I think, and uh, the member. Oh, oh no! I think we might have lost Claire there. Hey, so technical difficulties there, but we'll be right back with Claire in a minute. But first, I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to our patrons. Uh, thank you, uh, Sean Robert, also known as Sean Tragedy. Um, thank you, Luke. Uh, thank you, Kitakana, German, and Brandon Rita, uh, or Reta, R-E-T-A. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, for patronizing us. <laughs> That's not... The right that doesn't that's not right. But um thank you so much for helping to support um the work that me and Benel do here. And uh we love you very much. And um back to the show with Claire Doors. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Was that on my end or I, I don't, don't know. know. Okay. It could have been on my end. Well either way it's fine. I can just yeah. edit that out. But yeah, so uh the uh, supporting cast, uh, yeah, Body Improvement Club, Telepathy Club, they try to make him, like, their leader, sort of, uh, and there's, um, the, the, what are they called, delinquents, <laughs> the, <laughs> the typical, like, Japanese high school delinquents, uh, and eventually he runs into other people with psychic powers who try to mess with him, but, uh, so Claire, who, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty diverse supporting cast, I would say, like, a lot of different archetypes and stuff. Uh, who, who, did anyone in the supporting cast really stand out to you? Uh, Ritsu, his brother. Ritsu, his brother, yeah. yeah. So he does have yeah. a younger brother, Ritsu. Uh, yeah, go, yeah, tell me about Ritsu. I can't remember exactly what happened in the first season, the, the rift they had, but when they kind of solved that rift and yeah. developed a good relationship, it's so sweet. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, so in the first season, um... Mob, so Mob has a younger brother named Ritu, but it's the type of thing where Ritu's younger than him, but it's, like, taller than him, and, like, the yeah. good, like better looking, and has the good grades, and he's, like, real athletic, and everything comes easy to him, he's real popular, and Mob is jealous, but also loves his brother, and his jealousy never manifests in, like, a malicious way. He just yeah. kind of, it's kind of hard to not be jealous of, like, when he, the dude who bunks with you is, like, his <laughs> life seems so easy. But unbeknownst to Mob, the whole time Ritsu, um, is jealous of Mob because Mob has psychic powers. Yeah. Uh, and it, that's, I think, the, Mob doesn't realize that Ritsu holds this jealousy towards him, and that does end up manifesting negatively because one of the monsters of the week turns into another supporting cast member, Dimple. The, uh, <laughs> the guy who was, yeah, so this dude was basically, he had this, uh, this fun, um, I call it fun, but it was an evil cult, basically, yeah. that was trying to make himself a god, and Mob does battle with him, because he's not, Mob is, is told, taught by Regan to not use his powers on people, because mm. that's just bullying, which makes a lot of sense, um, but, like, once he, once he realizes that Dimple is a spirit inhabiting a body, he's like, well, I gotta purge you, so he goes... And he tries to purge Dimple, but Dimple becomes the spirit. The he does a he does a baby face turn, yeah. uh, and joins like everybody in this show. Every so that yeah, that's true. Everyone in this show basically does a baby face turn. Ritsu, yeah. because Ritsu kind of turns heel when he teams up with Dimple. Yeah, uh, and Ritsu uses Dimple's spiritual energy to give himself powers to 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 complete the part of himself that he wish he had, which is psychic powers. And uh, yeah, so then he um. 
so yeah, they, but so they they have their their trials and tribulations, but eventually they do really uh, get back together in the second season, yeah. and they really become close. Uh, my other favorite supporting member is the first psychic that Mob fights. This dude, uh, Teru Hanazawa, who oh, yeah. um yeah, I love this dude. I'm just a sucker for Lancer characters. I think. Yeah. I just love a good like second in command or second top baby phase. I just love a good. And this guy starts out as the first uh, big heel that he has to fight. And Mob refuses to fight him. He won't fight him. And it drives Teru insane. And there's a great visual gag. Teru's another, like, kind of Ritsu guy, where he's, like, super handsome and popular. But it's beca- uh, he's successful because he uses the psychic powers. And Mob refuses to fight him, even after Teru, like, beats up all his friends. Uh, and Ter- drives Teru mad to the point that he... I just rewatched this fight. It's great because... Uh, He's, like, this real, like, uh, good-looking kid, but the fight makes him ugly. Like, he just turns... Like, he loses the middle part of his hair, and the way his face is drawn, like, to be, like... Like, he looks like he's 90 years old all of a sudden, when he's, like, a a middle schooler. But, uh, it's really hilarious, and, like, a The first time I watched that fight, I was so frustrated, because I don't think I was accepting the show on its terms. I really wanted Mob to just, like, fuck this dude up. Because that's what I've been taught to want from the battle genre. But, um... Uh, but yeah, so they, eventually he, Teru turns face after this conflict, and the three of them are kind of like almost all brothers, like they kind of act yeah. like, he, he starts to call Ritsu little bro, and all that stuff. Um, and so eventually there's an evil organization, because there has to be, this is an anime. <laughs> I mean, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this organization called Claw shows up, uh, and Claw, their, uh, goal is to dominate the world. What I love about Claw is, no one really talks about this in, like, other videos I've watched on Mob Psycho, but they're kind of racist, like, <laughs> like in a weird X-Men-y way, because, like, their whole thing is, like, psychic people who are psychic should rule the world. Very X-Men, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's it's pretty Nazi-ish, but, uh, <laughs> they don't, I think, because they don't distinguish themselves as, as, like, a new race, I guess, but it's, it definitely, it definitely feels real fascist. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, so they show up, and Mob eventually has to deal with them. Uh, but yeah, Claire, so I feel like season two is where this became my favorite show of all time. <laughs> uh, season two kicks in, and um, is there anything uh, about season one, before I jump ahead, uh, that really stuck out to any moments or characters or uh, episodes that... Uh... Um, I think it'll just be in battle, the end where... Uh... When Mob doesn't use his powers. Right. When Regan does use his powers. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, I should also uh, point out, besides the fact that Mob is a beautifully told story, the animation is fucking great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is gorgeous. And it keeps so much of the manga, even though the manga is so stylized and so, like, surreal. Right, right, because... The, manga, like, the anime keeps so much of it, but it's still beautiful. Yes, totally. Because, so, one... There's the original for One Punch Man and Mob Psycho. There's one's original art, which is bad, but you get the story. And then they've all been redone by um, another guy. I want to say, uh, I forget his name, but uh, it's, no. it's, it's it's I think it's the same guy. One Punch. It's the same guy who redid all the art for both of Mob Psycho and One Punch Man. And his art is like really great. And with is the he anime, did Ice Shield. What's that? Is he the guy who did Ice Shield? Oh, you might, yeah, you might be right. It looks similar. Um, you're probably right about that. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and then Studio, uh, Studio Bones, uh, got the, the, uh, the license for the anime, and, um, yeah, it's one of the most beautifully animated animes <laughs> of, uh, ever, I think, because just by its nature, animation's only getting better, so... But, like, this is one of the good, like, the good modern ones. Like, this, Boku no Hero is really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, season one, yeah, so this is a great part, uh, which Claire alluded to, where Regan basically gets, Mob infuses Regan with his powers. I, I think, I, 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 I've skipped over something. Mob has this thing where, because of his emotions, that's why it's called My Psycho 100, if his uh, anger or any mix of emotions gets him to 100%, he kind of becomes, like, a, a weird psychic god. And it's kind of like his... I want to say um, his, like, ego or his id just takes over completely. And he becomes just a manifestation of psychic power. And he loses control. 
And so, because he's a sensitive boy, that can happen. Even though he wants to do what's right, there is always that push and pull where he can yeah. be pushed over the edge. And so Regan is there to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And to keep his uh, keep him in himself. Uh, this is I love this. This is part where when they storm Claw's base that I really love because there's all these like psychic people that Mom's got to fight. He's got to like take them down one by one. And he gets up to there's this uh, lady in Claw who her yeah. thing is that she's fucking jacked. <laughs> And she's, like, real about it. She's real about being, like, the physically strongest member of this organization. And, like, Mob gets up to her, and they start fighting, and he's just, like, so sad. He just goes, like, man, I gotta beat up women now? Like, this is not... (laughs) Why does this have to happen? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, why... Why... I didn't want to... I just... (laughs) Don't have to be like this? I didn't want to fight. I gotta hurt people, and this is just the worst. And it really... Like, it really gets to him. Uh, and then, um, meanwhile, his friend Hanazawa, uh, although he's turned babyface, is totally cool with lighting that guy on fire, which oh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> is one of my other favorite moments. That guy who maybe died. I think he killed that guy. <laughs> I think that guy... <laughs> it's not explicit that he did, but it's not explicit that he didn't. Like, he could have yeah. burned that guy alive. Um... So, yeah, uh, yeah, the, the, the action in Mob Psycho is, that's the beauty of it. The action is really great, but it is not, like, about the action, really. No. It's about no. the avoidance of action and the, about the, um, solving his problems in, like, a, uh, a pacifist way, yeah. which is really... She has to give him permission to fight her. Yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, hey, look, I think she probably says something, right? Like, hey, don't look down at me because I'm a lady or something like that. Yeah, I don't she's like, know. you're a sweet boy. <laughs> yeah, right, I think so, yeah. And she says, yeah. Yeah, listen, that's sweet, but also... Yeah, I'm like Jack, dude. You're like 13. I'm a grown woman who... I was just benching like a million pounds. Um, yeah, so, uh, eventually, after they defeat... This, the, yeah, the final fight in season one is so good, actually. That's one of the better... You, like, if you just watch that, that's a really good thing to hunt down. Um... And after the big final battle, all the members of Claw from that organization, from that unit, I should say, like Sector 5 or whatever. The, it, seven. Yeah, yeah, sec, uh, Sector 7. Uh, they all turn babyface immediately. <laughs> immediately turn babyface. Which, like, okay, what's funny about this is that Naruto, a lot of times, gets slack because of, like, Talk No Jutsu has become a meme. Where it's like, oh, Naruto's best jutsu is he tells the bad guys to be good, and then they turn good. And the weird thing is that, like, Mob, that's exactly what Mob does, but no one criticizes it. And I think it's just because it's done so much better. Like, I think, Mob, because Mob always has the conflict where he doesn't want to fight. And he's told not to. Where I think, yeah, in Naruto, it's kind of like, I think it falls flat because... Naruto's so about, like, beating people up. Like, he's like, I'm gonna show everyone how strong I am so the village can make me their their ninja god. And then, like, then he beats them up and is like, okay, now that I've whooped your ass, let's be friends. <laughs> Which is yeah. not, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it's, it's not, it's, it's a way more egoic way to go about it. Where Mob is basically always doing uh, my the Jackie Chan, I don't want trouble, hands uh. up thing. <laughs> Which is, uh... <laughs> <laughs> my favorite day. anyway so uh yeah claire um moves us on to season two uh yeah just um because i feel like i've been talking a lot is there anything about season two that uh that uh you really loved any episodes any moments as we just jump around or yeah you can just or... jump around it's all um i love the episode where they split up regular mob yeah 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 um right. You see, Reagan had to go it on his own, right? And he kind of he kind of does it all right, but he completely like hates his life for those yeah. two episodes. Yeah, yeah. There's that's actually I think that's everyone's favorite arc of mm. the show is the arc where there's literally no fighting. It's yeah. just about Reagan and Miles' relationship, and Reagan just goes on, and uh, yeah, he just what happens is Mob Regan becomes um, insecure that Mob is realizing that he's a fraud. Yeah. And this causes him to push Mob away to the point where he, like, cuts him out completely. And he's like, oh, you think you can make it without me? Well, I'm gonna make it without you. And he tries, and he, well, he kind of, he stumbles a lot. He, uh, 
Yeah, the, the first thing he does is get drunk and throw up in an alley. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite trope for when someone is like fucking up and <laughs> yeah. you get drunk and stumble into an alley and vomit. My favorite one is in Team America. Uh, but uh, have, you, have you seen Team America? I yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first time you watch that in Team America, there's a little tangent, but it feels like he throws up for about five years. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's uh long. Yeah, it's very comfortably long. It's uh it's it's great. Uh so in uh yeah, so Regan uh, eventually he's like, you know what? Also he's getting these emails from his parents telling him to get a real job. Yeah. He has a birthday email from his mom and then the president is like a job advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, like the hesitation that's the like, what can it be? And then it's a job advertisement, that's the most devastating thing it could be. Yeah. That's the worst thing it could have been. Yeah. It's real yeah. Oh, yeah, it's so, yeah, it's, also, I feel like it's super relatable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, love in the form of, uh, looking down on me. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> as someone who's in the, the entertainment, uh, business myself, uh, actually, my parents are very supportive, I'm just a failure. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh no, uh, uh, so, we can, um, Regan, uh, yeah, he, he, he tries to go off on his own, uh, and he can't do it because he doesn't have powers, and there's no one there to, like, do stuff for real around him. Yeah. And his charisma and his charm that he, that he had yeah, is he not tries, enough. he tries to bullshit it, but... Yeah, it it's, happen. yeah, it's, uh, he gets exposed by, uh, an old dude who was mad at him for an earlier thing, and, uh, yeah, starts to go downhill, and it, at the end of it, he realizes, he has this moment where he just looks down at, like, this press conference, and then he just says, I'm proud of you, Mob. He just talks to Mob. Because at that point, he has given up this facade. He's like, you know what? I was really, I really wasn't anything about that kid. (laughs) The kid brought me into this whole thing, and I don't have it anymore. And then the most beautiful moment of the whole show, I think a lot of fans would say, is Mob and Regan, they get back together. Okay, they meet up, and Mob goes to his office, and Regan's like, have you? Do you know what's what your mentor? What I was this whole time, and Bob goes, "I've always known what you are, and that is what you are, is truly a good person." And they get back together, and everyone cried. Yeah. Everyone, everyone cried. I cried. Everybody cried. And here's the thing about this: like nobody died. Like the, the, no. this, this show got like real emotion out of you without killing somebody. <laughs> it's just two people being friends. There's yeah. like a um, a grown man like a grown man who was taking advantage of a teenage boy. Not that sounds, but <laughs> not in that way. But still, yeah. he was. Uh, and like you're crying with joy that they get back together. That's amazing to me. Yeah, that is incredible. That, that mob can go back to work for him for no money. Yeah, you're so happy. That's what you wanted. The show made you want that. The show. We're like, oh man, now you can go back to that slave job. <laughs> Where he uses all of these talents to make uh to make a liar a me- like some money. Like not even a lot. Yeah. Not even a lot. That's He's the a- thing, like he gets he gets exposed for being a fraud, and he is a fraud, but you still don't want that. Yes, totally. You're like, oh man, they told the truth about him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's messed up. Because I think yeah. I think yeah, yeah, I think part of it is that he doesn't He's never made a lot of money from this. No. And he's always no, tried to... He's just to... doing it because it's fun, and it's only fun when he's with Mob. Yes. Yeah. That's, like, that's what he said. It's like, why Why am I doing this? What, like, why am I doing this job? And mm-hmm. then he thinks back of, until when they met, and he's planning to give it up at that stage, and then he meets Mob and does it for another three years. Yeah. And he's doing it because he's with Mob when he does it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That is um totally the thing. And, uh... Yeah, so then... <laughs> And, and on top of that, it's like he he also helps people yeah. while he does it. Like he helps, yeah. he like tries to help them as much as he can. Like he doesn't, and he also uh, we kind of see like his um, like he has more business morality than most like actual businesses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like even people that treat him, yeah. Like even people like he helps. This dude was actually stalking this lady once, yeah. and he actually, like, helped get that dude arrested. Like, that dude had yeah. to be taken care of. And, like, yeah, there was, uh... Even, like, the people, like, the people that treat him poorly, like, these shitty kids, yeah. 
who like like try to get him to take pictures of this ghost or whatever. And then th- that episode was really hard, t- uh, uh, heartfelt, because yeah. it turns out it's a it's a family of ghosts who uh, are trying to not pass on because they don't. They're, they're waiting for together. their yeah. They're all together, and they're worried in the afterlife they'll be split up. Yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, that that was a great episode. Uh, and um, yeah, Regan just in general uh, is just a really good dude. Now this is where I will jump in with my hot take. Here's my hot Regan take. I hated him at first. <laughs> yeah. I hated Regan for, like, probably the first half of the first season. Uh, because I think, in general, uh, I think I'm just a person who I don't like liars. Like, I just think, yeah. like, people are just so... Especially, like, it's one thing to be dishonest, but it really bothered me that he was taking advantage of Mob for as, like, as much as he was. Yeah. Uh, it made me, like, upset for Mob... And maybe you want to be like, when are you going to stick up, like, stick up for yourself? Yeah, and... you, you think Mob, like, is being taken advantage of. You think he he doesn't know that Reagan's a fraud. Right. And that, and that Reagan, you think at the beginning that Reagan doesn't have his best interests. Yes. And that's the thing you realize, like, every time they have one of these moments is that Reagan is doing this for Mob, and he does have Mob's best interests at heart. Yeah. Even if probably he doesn't realize that. He probably thinks he's taking advantage of Mob. Mm-hmm. No, I think he definitely does. I think he definitely feels, like, there's moments where he seems, he actually feels guilt about it. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, it really, and then, yeah, that moment when he said you're a good person, that's what I think we realized that Mob knew, at least for a while, I don't know if we're supposed to, re- it was it the entire time? I feel like it's, uh, it's, it was at least for, like, this whole season, I think. Mm. It seemed like he knew all of season two. I, um, no, I think Mob has Reagan's number, I think he knows exactly who Reagan is, and... Okay. Yeah, you might but be right. he, he tolerates Reagan putting up or um, lying to him and taking the piss and yeah, like, yeah. Like he didn't, he just didn't say anything because he didn't want to embarrass him because he actually likes yeah. him. Yeah, I mean he loves no, he him. Thinks he, like, he thinks he he does grow working for Reagan. You know what I mean? He does yeah. get more confidence and yeah. It, it, no, he, Mob does he, get a lot out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Mob gets a lot out of it, and he also Mob gets to help people. Yeah. Yeah, he gets to get... Like, at, at the beginning, when they split up for those two episodes, like, Reagan says a lot of horrible stuff about Mobs and their friends, and, like, they're not really your friends, and you don't need them. And then he immediately right. realizes, when Mobs stands up for himself, yeah. that, like, he's immediately like, oh, I said too much. And he knows that straight away, and then he's too stubborn to admit it for two episodes. But he knows straight away that he went too far. Mm-hmm. So I think when Mob does stand up for himself to Reagan, Reagan is like, oh, shit, I went too far. Yeah. And I think when, when Reagan said, I'm proud of you, I think he was referring specifically to that moment. Yeah. Like, I'm proud yeah. of you for when Just you stood up the fact that he has friends, that he does. Yeah. He has grown in confidence. I think he has, he is proud of him. Yeah. yeah. And some of his friends are from the Telepathy Club, which are a lovable bunch of losers, basically. And then mm. there's the Body Improvement Club. Now, I love the Body Improvement Club because in most stories, these guys would be assholes. <laughs> Yeah. In most stories, these guys, like, like in most, like, high school, middle school stories, it's like, oh, the jocks, and they're all, like, dicks. They pick on people, and they yeah. shame everybody. These dudes are body positive. They are. They, <laughs> they're just trying to get Mob to be his best self. They're just all a bunch of great baby faces who happen yeah. to be all about working out. And it's such a rare, uh, uh, but also, like, just... Yes, this is a novel presentation of that archetype. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I apologize, I don't know. I'm, I'm tearing up for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I, I'm not crying because of the Regan thing. Although I'm uh-huh. not. I wish it was because of that. But no, I think I'm just <laughs> uh, some. My allergies are getting to me for some reason right now. Uh, but um, uh, yeah. So I, the Body Improvement Club is awesome, and um, uh, in the climax, the climactic. Well, the climax is like several fights against the top members of Claw, which yeah. I do also want to point out, they do a really fun uh, bait-and-switch, where at first they do the the fun anime trope of, like, these are my top executives. And yeah. the boss is giving the speech, like, and then with, with these guys next to me, no one can win. And then, like, apparently the government, like, infiltrated these guys, which I also liked. These guys aren't just running, like, on a bath. Like, the government sent psychics to infiltrate them. 
And so those, so the the infiltration psychic guys are like, okay, those are the executives. We're just gonna kill those guys, and they start to recruit them, I think, to their side, uh-huh. and to take down the boss. And then the boss reveals, oh no, those guys aren't my real executives. <laughs> they just, <laughs> no, no, you recruited a bunch of nobodies. These guys, the Ultimate Five, these are the real dudes. <laughs> and then there's this great scene where they ultimate he puts over the top executives because they fuck up all the government officials. Um, and that, all this happens really quickly, Yeah, but it doesn't, I wasn't like, I, I followed all of it. Yeah. It didn't feel rushed. It was like, uh, I was like, okay, I see what happened here. They infilt- They just ran through like a lot of these plot threads real quick, but I totally understood it. And the reason was like, oh, this isn't really that important. Like it's, a, <laughs> it's more about mob and like the members of Claw who are going to help him. Than like these this subplot, but uh, this is really to put over the boss and the ultimate five, who we're gonna show up later. Um, and why I tell that story? It's because then later this body improvement club thing really pays off when the the hoss of the ultimate five uh, chases down an unconscious mob and uh, into an into the into an alley, and the body improvement club goes to rescue him, but of course they don't have psychic powers, so the the jack psychic guy beats them all up. That is until oh. Dimple. <laughs> Which, I didn't see this coming at all. And this is brilliant. Dimple inhabits the body of the captain of the Body Improvement Club. So now, not only is he jacked, but he has psychic powers, and he fucks up that Ultimate Five guy in one of my favorite moments of the show. I love that. It was such yeah. a great... I was like, oh yeah, that that this is perfect. I was This thing paid off so well. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... Uh, any other moments from Season 2, or characters, or... Developments that you uh, love, Claire? Uh, moments when Mob thinks that his family has been killed. It got really dark. <laughs> it did. Um, the, the last anime I watched before watching Mob Psycho season two was Devil Man. And that, show, that whole scene is such a Devil Man scene. And I was like, is this show going to go this dark? Yeah. Devil Man Cry, <laughs> right? Sorry? Devil Man Cry, Devil Man Cry, yeah. 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 Um, and then it's it completely swerves like in the next the next episode it opens and he's he's fine again and it does it a few times it teases Mob going having his dark phoenix moments and then it immediately swerves it someone calms him down or someone says something to stop him out of it mm-hmm. but it teases it a few times and you're terrified every time they tease it yeah yeah I, I'm just occurred to me now Mob Psycho is like the best dark phoenix story that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one. I think on a recent episode, uh, I think it was probably talking Naruto, me and Benel, I don't really read a ton of comics, but I was I, I was like, wait, this Dark Phoenix storyline is popular, isn't that the thing? And Benel basically said, they've never told a good story with it. <laughs> Which, I don't know one. if he's right, but... The first one was good, and everyone after that is like, they, they skip right to the Dark Phoenix, and they skip out all the bits where she's Jean Grey, and she's perfect. Right. Which is literally why Marvel is a good Dark Phoenix story, because the whole point of it is a good person has this inside them and mm. if they're put through enough trauma and hardship like this will happen right and that's that seems what it is from mob as well yeah like you, it's only going to be ter- terrifying when it happens because it's happening to mob yeah the best person any of us knows yeah he's like <laughs> he was the <laughs> nicest dude um and it's also the story that game of thrones tries to tell let's not rehash that uh yeah. so <laughs> um yeah, uh, that was that was a great moment. It was really dark when um, I was I was taken aback because the way they set up really well, and this brings up another character that I love that we haven't brought up yet, which is Show. Oh yeah, Show, who is the what a, um, what a little shit. Yeah, well he is. Well yeah, that's true. He uh, again though turned face immediately. So yeah. The, yeah. For, he set up in season one as the son of the big boss, uh, which uh, he set up to be the bad guy in this season. Yeah, because he's the big boss's son, so like yeah. you think he's the Lancer. And uh just looking up, the big boss's name is Toichiro Suzuki. So yeah, Toichiro, the boss of Claw. Um who we want to read about him is he's got a real generic design. Mm. Which I don't like I it's uh, it didn't, sure, yeah. Yeah, it didn't bother me, but it was just kind of for such an over the top show, it was like striking how like weirdly generic Toichiro kinda mm. was, but it's I mean, it worked by the end. The end, his the final arc is really good. Uh, but Show is his redheaded step, not step kid, his redheaded actual <laughs> son. <laughs> and uh, I love characters like Show 
in that, like, really, um, prodigious characters in anime, I really are, I really think they're cool. I think it started with my love of Gohan, uh, it continued into Bleach with Hitsugaya, <laughs> and, uh, so I was really into Show being, like, this overpowered, like, uh, he's, he's a cocky heel, he's a prick, he's, yeah. like, he, like, yeah. can turn invisible, and he shit talks, he beats up Ritsu, uh, he does not. He does not understand why Mop doesn't want to fight. You think that's that's a weakness in him? Yes, absolutely. He's he's like he's like he says to Mop at the end of season one, "I'm disappointed in you. Yeah, you didn't you didn't beat these guys up. You totally could have. You just didn't. I'm real. Yeah. I've been the thing is though that I love. It's um the swerve is he's been recruiting people from the inside to oppose his father from jump, and yeah. he recognized Mob as someone who could, and that's why he was disappointed. Um, because he knows his dad is evil. His dad drove his mom away <laughs> with his psychic bullshit, and uh, his whole <laughs> regular, regular bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I should rule the world because I have psychic powers. Okay, cool. Uh, so shows like uh, I'm gonna kill this guy, my dad, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, he he's so he he does his best, uh, but he he does fail because um, this is mob story and. Uh, <laughs> Um, but he's the one who shows up at Ritsu's house, and there, yeah, Ritsu and Mob's house, and we don't see what happens, and then there's the swerve where we think, uh, Mob's family has been burned alive, and the reason Sho did this, clearly, was yeah. to get the Dark Phoenix out of Mob to yeah. take down his dad. <laughs> Which would at least... Like, no, that wasn't even, like, the bad guys doing this. This was, like, someone who was supposed to be his ally. Yeah! So, like, <laughs> I just wanted to trick him. I just wanted to trick him into thinking his whole family had been murdered. Yeah. <laughs> This is what happens. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty... Yeah. It's a pretty fucked up plan. <laughs> it's kind of a cool plan, though, from a different perspective. Like, if this wasn't yeah. Mob Psycho, yeah, if yeah. this was, like, a weird political thriller, uh, it would have been pretty neat. Um, but yeah, uh, and so Mob has a real fun Dark Phoenix session where he fights these dudes from Claw and just, like, fucking stomps them. Complete, yeah. complete squash matches. And then... <laughs> Just flies a car out to where, to where Ritsu and all of them are meeting, uh, and Regan, and uh, yeah, they have a little. We haven't talked about the other. Um, I guess we could call them the baby psychics, the people who can yeah. like do little stuff, like stuff that in anime, this anime means nothing, but like if they existed in real life, we'd freak out. Uh, <laughs> they can just like they have like minor telekinesis, and they can do like small things here and there. Um, they're also part of like this coalition. That are trying to fight back against Claw. And, um... So then, uh... Uh... I'm, 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 so... <laughs> there's a couple more points I want to talk about. And that is... The opening to Season 2... I really loved. The first episode of Season 2. Uh... Where the girl... Basically... This girl who knows that Mob has psychic powers... Tr- convinces him to run for class president. So that he can yeah. eventually become a god. She's got her own agenda going on. But he... Tries, but he has no charisma... He's got, like, minus four charisma. <laughs> he basically just stands on stage and just says nothing for, like, ten minutes and then leaves. <laughs> and it's, like, the greatest thing. Um, and he's mocked endlessly for this, uh, which is great. Um, but is, is my, am I echoing? Or no. Okay. It's in your eyes. Okay, cool. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he's mocked endlessly for this. And then uh, <laughs> this girl asks him on a date. And he's, uh, well, actually, okay, he says no. Yeah. Because, uh, this girl is not, um, the girl that he has a crush on. Uh, Subami-chan, I think, is her name. Subami is his childhood friend that he has a crush on, and he can't tell, he can't express his feelings to her because he's too shy. Uh, and, like, they were childhood friends, but now she's, like, real popular or whatever. And so this other girl, who's, like, mid-level popular, I want to say, mm-hmm. I guess, is what we're supposed to she's think. squad. Yeah, like, clearly, like, like, uh, still, like, way above Mob in popularity, but, like, like, tr- like on the cusp of, like, one, one burn book, and she's, like, out of there. Like, one, <laughs> she's one plot away from losing status, and so she goes out with Mob because of peer pressure, or she asks him out on a dare, which Mob doesn't know, uh, yeah. but they still hang out, and eventually she gets to know him, and she just kind of feels... Sweet. Yeah, well, she well she feels bad for him because he treats her nicely, despite yeah. seemingly he's like she's like he's not getting anything out of this. <laughs> like, yeah. not, like I'm not yeah. So he she shows him the story that she wrote uh, because she's a writer, 
but she's I so she's ashamed to show her writing. Uh, do you remember why? Is like because um, I think just just she's embarrassed that she has an interest. Basically. Yeah, right. Like, and it, like, for good reason, because her friends are jerks about it. Yeah, her friends are real assholes. And so yeah. I'm not even clear if those are her friends or like the uh, pop- just, yeah, just the people. She yeah. I think they're the popular girls that she's trying to get in good with because she doesn't yeah. know better yet. Cause they're the ones who dared her to ask them about it. Yeah, they're also the girls who like yeah, they, basically. So, yeah. so she's like trying to yeah, she's like trying to shrug it off like she doesn't care about it. And then there's this awful. Si- then this was maybe my second favorite moment of the whole show, where the the mean girls they rip up her thing and say whatever and throw it on the ground. And mob comes and he goes to put it back together. And what I, here's what I loved about this, is that I was a shy teenage boy once, and I know for a fact, <laughs> Mob has psychic powers, he stared down like demons, and fucking giant plants, and spirits and shit, there is nothing scarier to a dude like Mob than mean teenage girls. Yeah. <laughs> There's like nothing that would intimidate him more, but he doesn't give a fuck, he rolls up on these chicks, and he's like, look, stop making fun of this girl's writing. It's really good. Why are you guys being dicks? And then he puts. And she it up. She she's already come, like once they tear it up, she's like laughing it off. Like she doesn't care. Right. Because she's she does. Yeah. She told. Yeah. She's she's peer pressure into not, not caring. caring. Yeah. yeah. And then he uses his psychic powers to put it back together yeah. in this real beautiful moment. Uh, and then he tells this story. And then what made this like what made this entire thing even more perfect is Dimple's like, well, she's your girlfriend now, right? And he's like. No. <laughs> why would no? And it's, why would that no? She's just she's just a girl that she's we're friends. It's fine. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to like end that way. It's still a cool story. Like didn't, I was just nice to her because she was a good person. I'm not I'm not trying to. Yeah. And Dimple's like ah all right well whatever and uh, it was just beautiful. It was great. I just I love that whole everything about that uh, little story and I think the first episode of season two yes. Um, and, um, so, okay, Claire, let me ask you, um, did you have a favorite fight scene from this, uh, the two episodes, the two seasons? Fight scene. There's the, there's the battles, yeah, mob. I think the one with, with all the baby psychics, psychics, and with Teru and Ritsu against that one guy who can teleport. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad, so yeah. That was a great, that was a great one. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, I was trying to lead you, I'm not gonna lie, because that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, even if Mob Psycho, if this was a bad anime, yeah. if this, if this whole show was bad, if this was, like, raw, if every, if this, if, if this basically was Monday Night Raw, but then this fight scene was just in the middle of it, I'd still, like, I'd still tell people to watch this fight scene. Yeah, this, this, this is the fight scene out of any other battle anime. It was, like, everyone trying to overcome this, this huge thing. And it was with all the characters who weren't Mob Awakening, so... Yes. They had that status quo that you're familiar with. Totally. So, let's talk about the best heel in this fucking show, Shimazaki. Shimazaki <laughs> is... In the Japanese version, he's voiced by the same guy who voices Sasuke. Uh, by the way, the voice actor for uh, Hanazawa Teru is the voice actor for Kirito from Sword Art Online. So, we get a Kirito versus Sasuke fight. Spoiler, Sasuke wins. He fucks the sh- fucks Teru up. The first time the... Shimazaki is uh, an esper who is blind. I-, I love everything about Shimazaki. He's blind. But he-, he was blind. Yeah, he's, he's blind. But he has, like, daredevil powers, but it does- so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But not even, he's a psychic, so he can sense everything. Uh, and he can teleport, which what I loved yeah. about it is, okay, teleporting, did you see, um, uh, the new, uh, the, the new X-Men movies with the, the new Quicksilver? Uh, yes. So, like, the scene, yeah, the, the Quicksilver scenes where he's, like, does all this stuff in the blink of an eye while they play music, yeah. it's really cool. So they really put over how, like, how powerful super speed is. And with Shimazaki... Just the fact that he can teleport is makes him like the strongest dude ever. Yeah. <laughs> because he's like no, no one can hit him. Yeah, because he they also give him this thing where he can read people's movements because he's blind, but he can sense everybody probably from their heart or some weird anime thing. But yeah. 
But yeah, so he can teleport, which makes him like nigh invincible. And the first time he fights Hanazawa, he straight up perfects him. Hanazawa can't touch the dude. And the next time, it's like all of them versus. And he's still yeah. that scene. Yeah, so that's the sequence we're talking about, where it's Hanazawa, Ritsu, and all the former members of Claw. All the strongest guys in Claw who joined their team who didn't mean nothing against this guy. <laughs> yeah, they all mean nothing. All their team tactics and Shimazaki, he just... It's such a beautiful, perfect sequence because I rewatched it about a dozen times. There's such attention to detail because the, the little moments where Hanazawa eventually, being the Lancer of, of this team, eventually kind of can figure out how like where he's going to teleport and how to counter him. And mm. upon rewatching this... He's. You can watch him slowly figure it out during the fight. Like he will, he will direct the team members, and he like kind of almost hits him a couple times, but he's just like a second too late. And then eventually he blocks a. He first he blocks a punch, and then he throws a kick where he's gonna be, and you realize that they are. It's like oh shit, this kid's reading my movements. Um, but every that whole sequence with the first person where he's trying to shoot him, and he's like, when are you gonna shoot? And he just appears behind him. It was just oh so great. It was really, I like honestly like stuff like that is what makes this show like transcendent to me. <laughs> like not not for the story for sure, but also in terms of uh, the action. And uh, yeah, it's oh, it's so it's just so good. I can't say enough good things about that whole sequence. Um, and that's the end of that that battle as well. Yeah, because uh, what happens at the end? Yeah. So Mob is, like, approaching this fight scene, so he can sense Mob coming. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's, like, a powerful, more powerful than anything I've felt so far, presence coming this way, and then Reagan just punches him in the side of the face, because he's so focused on fighting his experts that he doesn't even notice a human walking up beside him. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> it's like a self-defense punch, where if he's not sure if it's self-defense or not, he, he shares self-defense. <laughs> Yeah, all of Reagan's fighting moves are just incumbent on, like, uh, misdirection and the yeah. fact that Espers know that he doesn't have psychic powers. So they yeah. underestimate him, and then he just knees them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> like, in season one, in that big fight scene, where he does, like, the drop kick, and then is telling Mob, we don't need a fight, and Tara and Richter are like, the drop kicks are okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't use your powers. Like, you just need that lady in the face. <laughs> well... Yeah, well, but, uh, so so this really powerful guy who no one else could beat is beaten by a human, and that was like the whole point of Claw is that humans are are nothing to them. They humans are so beneath them that they they're not even worth noticing. Yeah, um, and then the combination between like Mob not doing anything except being there and and Reagan getting a jump on this guy defeats this guy who like fifteen other experts couldn't even touch. Totally, great. no, you're totally right. I didn't even like think of it like that in terms of. Claw's philosophy. That you're totally right, though. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, Regan uh, takes down uh, Shimazaki, and Shimazaki just kind of fucks off. He just <laughs> oh, and his, I think his thing is that he like doesn't realize that Regan is even human. He's like he's so powerful he can hide his presence. And oh that's yeah, he... thing that like, none of these people realize except for I guess Mob and Dimple realize that Regan doesn't have any powers. They all think he's the most powerful guy. Right, that's right. I think, yeah, no, you're right about that. Because he was like, the only way he could have gotten the drop on me, he avoided... So, after the big sequence, uh, Shimazaki reveals that he has a trump card, which is Mind's Eye, where he does open his eyes, and they're, like, red and bleeding, and he gets, like, a third eye, because he wants a lot of Bill Hicks, I guess. And he he is able to, like, see now better than before. (laughs) They don't explain it, they don't have to, it's fine. We know anime tropes, he did a transformation. Uh, and then Reagan beats him up after that, so he's like, "Well, even my eyes, mind's eye didn't work. This guy must be like, a way like three times the boss or whatever." Mm-hmm. So uh, and then he just fucks off. He just leaves. <laughs> we don't even know what happened like, to him. Yeah. I he's... can't beat you, even though you know what? If he tried, he probably could. If but he, yeah, because he assumes that because Mob is, and he can feel how powerful Mob is, and Mob calls Reagan master. That Reagan must be the guy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's the other thing I love is that um, Shim- Shimazaki is a reflection of what Hanazawa was in season one. Because, uh, so, ha- when Hanazawa was fighting Mob and, like, choking him against the wall, you f- they're their friends now, but you forget, this dude was trying to choke Mob to death at one point. <laughs> a 
up against the wall. And what Mob says to him uh, while his hair is cut in half and he's making this real ugly face, he goes like, Hanazawa, um, I'm not going to fight you. You're just an average person to me. <laughs> and that drives him nuts. And that's when he like loses it and tries to choke him to death. And then in this season, Hanazawa says to uh, Shimazaki, Shimazaki's like, well, if you don't count the boss, I'm like the best in the world. Which... <laughs> Which I loved. It was the the way he said it so offhandly. It was like, yeah, of course he thinks that, and also how dumb he sounds. <laughs> like you're a grown man flying around being like, well, I'm probably the second strongest guy in the world, or whatever. And Hanazawa <laughs>, laughs at him and just goes like, dude, you don't even know. There's like tons of people out here who're stronger than you. You're just a normal dude. <laughs> uh, and that's when Shimazaki loses it, uh, loses his composure. But um. Yeah, that was, I loved all that, and then um, we get to the final battle where, and I love they do the swerve, because at first, like, Sho tries to go, and Sho gets beat up by his dad, and then uh, uh, Mob comes, and he's, like, trying to 1v1 him. Well, at first he, he tries to talk him down, and it doesn't yeah. work. And then Reagan shows up, and you think Reagan's gonna do the, like, oh, I'm gonna use, catch him off guard, but it doesn't work this time. Uh, and so this time, Mob actually has to get into a giant psychic battle, which is beautifully animated against the final boss. And it kind of, I will say, it was weird, uh, and I kind of almost wish Shimazaki had been the final villain instead, just because of how cool Shimazaki is. But, um, it's, basically, he's able to, like, with his generosity and his selflessness, and the fact that, basically, the, the fight escalates, and this real twisted yeah. part, where Mob goes Dark Phoenix, and twists the dude's body, like, in a real grotesque way. And that was a super dark moment. Um, where Mob feels like he has to, he's given up. He can't stop this dude. So he has to use his powers. Uh, and then eventually he becomes an atom bomb. Basically. I don't, it's, this part's not my favorite, I will say. Even though I love the way the show ended. This part's kind of convoluted to me. Uh, he becomes like an atom bomb. And, uh, Mob decides to stay with him. Because he's the one to let a dude be alone in his final moments. Because uh -huh. he says, I think he says something like, "I can't think of anything worse." And the the fact that this that mob was so generous to uh, a guy trying to murder him, uh, even turns <laughs> the big boss of the show babyface. So the whole thing is mob turning everyone in the show babyface throughout the whole thing. And uh, yeah, uh, he hey, at, the, at the end of it. The the, the big bad guy shows dad is like, oh yeah, I did treat my, my wife and kid. I did neglect them. They'd be a better father. It's like, <laughs> oh, and, and all the guys in town, Mob is like, oh, you you just had like a hard, <laughs> sorry, there's the bit in season one where um the guy with the glasses in Claw is talking about like how hard his, uh, his childhood was. And then Reagan tells a story of like one time he went to school without his lunch, so they definitely had the same childhood. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And that's, that's him trying to do Mob's way of understanding people and coming, seeing where they're coming from. That's yeah. His intent for it. Yeah. But that's, that's what he does. It's like, he finds out why people are fighting and then says, you know, actually don't have to do it that way. Mm hmm. That, I mean, honestly, Mob's, yeah, Mob's greatest strength is not his psychic powers, it's his empathy, really. Yeah. Because yeah. he, that's how he always um, is able to to reach the people is he gets to see where they're coming from. And, uh, we didn't get, oh man, this is beautiful. I think it was the arc where I started to realize this was becoming maybe my favorite anime of all time was the one where the girls possessed. And, yeah. uh, this art, let me, uh, bring this. So it, this is actually a heart, like such a heartbreaking episode. Just yeah. for Bob and for her. Yeah. So I, I, there's, it's, it's only like three episodes maybe, but there's so much happens. Basically there's this dead psychic, uh, who, his, his spirit has lived on because of his sheer psychic potential. He was, yeah. like, a super psychic. Uh, but he committed suicide because his mom turned into an evil spirit. Laz, uh, and his, uh, I forget his name. Uh, it's, like, Mo Mo Mogami? Mogami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Keiji Mogami. So, yeah, Mogami, um, uh, possesses his little girl. And that's the thing, from the jump, this seems like a, just, like, another Monster of the Week thing type of deal. Yeah. But this becomes real serious because... He draws Mob into her psyche as well, so that he can fight on his terms, and he kind of basically uses Genjutsu on everybody, <laughs> and traps Mob in this world, where the girl he's possessing 
just like berates Mob and bullies him for like yeah. what feels like months to him. Uh, and no, Mob has it's, it's, I think it's like six months, and it's it's Mob without Regan and without the Body Improvement Club and without I think is Ritzy there, but they're not close. Yeah, and it's and, just Mob, Mob living the life that that like he he could be living. It's it's a lonely mm-hmm. life where. He, I don't know whether he doesn't have psychic powers or whatever. But he doesn't, yeah. He's just, he's just so alone in school and so isolated. And it's him without all the progress he's made over the course of the show. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, without uh, the people there to... Because that's the thing, even though Mob is a sweet, empathetic boy, he has always said, like... Uh, and he shares his trait with Naruto. He, uh, and Luffy, actually. A lot of good anime protagonists. Where he's like, look, honestly, without my friends, I'm nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, psychic powers or not, without people who believed in me... Uh, all yeah. people who cared about me and loved me, I ain't shit. Uh, and so Mogami is like, I'll show you my pain, and just fucking takes all that away from him. <laughs> and puts him in this, like, uh, Wizard of Oz, but, like, the first part with Kansas and Black and White World. Uh, and just, yeah, just makes this girl bully him. Well, okay, wait, no. Does he make her do that? Or she she chooses to no, do I that? No, I think she is a bully. Yeah. But that's the... That's the part of her that he's been able to latch onto. The part that's cruel and the mm-hmm. part that's like entitled and she, she's like a rich girl. Isn't she? Yeah, she's a rich girl. That's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's like amplifying like the hard part or like the the horrible parts of her mm-hmm. and the vulnerable parts parts of Mob and is like mushed them together into yeah this horrible place. Yeah, totally. And this is um the moment where Dimple kind of because okay, even though Dimple's been around this whole time. He's yeah. kind of been, he's, honestly, he's been more of a tweener. Like, he's, yeah. he, like, fucked with Ritsu, and, like, we don't know what his motives are. He still seems to be selfish. Uh, and he still was, like, advocating, like, killing people sometimes. <laughs> and here's where... No, he's, like, ha- he's an evil spirit. He's just hanging around with him because... Right. He, um, until, until you realize, actually, he's hanging around with him for, for other reasons. Yeah, it does feel like he's just getting, he's hanging with the strongest dude because it's beneficial yeah. to him. Yeah. Um, oh, no, oh, right, early on, actually... Uh, he says, like, he's, like, trying to take over his body eventually. Yeah. But this gets completely dropped. At, well, it gets dropped because eventually he's like, I like Mob. <laughs> and he, it really shows because he basically saves Mob's life by going in there and, like, being, like, slapping him and being like, hey, it's a dream. <laughs> you gotta wake up, kid. This ain't real. <laughs> and he's like, Dip. and then, so that's instigates this big, uh, the first big battle of season two where he has with Mogami in the dream world. Um, and that's, uh, that was a really cool arc, because then, he has a really sad moment after that with, um, the girl apologizing <laughs> for being such a bully, yeah. and Mob compl- forgives her immediately! Yeah. Immediately! Mob has no protest against anybody, he's, he's not in him at all. No. He just immediately forgives her. Uh, he's, yeah. Mob's great. Um, yeah, yeah I- That's Mob- actually one of the things I love about the show, is that- in any other show, he'd be punished for being so naive and so trusting. And this, like, everyone rises to the expectations Mob has, has in them. That's completely... Like, he, he thinks everyone can be a better person, and then everyone is a better person. That's completely... Yeah, that's completely correct. That is that is essentially the the entire thesis of this show, which I, which yeah. I, uh, which I actually love. That's the thing about like, that dream world he's in, is like, that's more like our world, because... No matter how good Mob is in that world, like you know, he's still, he's still a shy boy in school. He's going to get bullied. Mm-hmm. Whereas in his real world, he's just got a shy boy in school, and these people will appreciate him anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, the totally. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, he's he's right about everybody. <laughs> and that girl with the the writing and this rich girl, and then like the telepathy club and the body improvement club. Like, they're all better off for no, having no mob. Ritsu, yeah. Hanazawa, yeah. like, all of them. The Claw, members of Claw, he reformed, like, all of them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, it really is a, a beautifully uh, told story of... Uh, ba- basically, what he does is his empathy begets empathy from others. Mm. And it's really, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's... it's <sighs> Isn't my favorite anime? It's so tough. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to compare something like this to something like One Piece, which is my <laughs> default go-to, because One Piece is, like, 900 episodes in now. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard to compare to something like this. But I will say, uh, it's at least number two. I don't think, <laughs> as much as I love Boku no Hero, 
DBZ grew up with, obviously, and like all the this. I think this is undoubtedly I think that other ones doesn't have, doesn't have. You know what I mean? It has something that the rest don't have. It really does. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. I really. Uh, well, we said we said so. Okay, I guess we should. You know, now that we put it over this strong criticisms of this. I already said I kind of wasn't into Reagan in the beginning, although by the end of it, they kind of, you know, I can't really levy that as a criticism because it kind of all <laughs> worked in the end. It uh, off, yeah. yeah. So would, do you have any criticisms of the show? Um, I guess like the, the city destruction that happens is on a par with any other, like cities get destroyed in Boku no Hero and they get destroyed in Mob Psycho. It's like, they kind of, they kind of gloss over like the, the complete destruction of huge parts of cities. Yeah. Yeah, that's which, the... Which kind, of, which kind of goes against the the pieces of the show. Because they kind of just don't acknowledge where those people were. But then, yeah, yeah it's, it's an anime, so it's not, it's not a huge criticism. Sure. That is that is fair. And I will say this also happens in, like, the Avengers and stuff. Yeah. Which, yeah. This is go- me and Benel, um have both posited that Avengers Age of Ultron is underrated. Uh... I mean, it's not like 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, but like still, <laughs> we still say, because it's the most criticized Avengers movie, but one thing I like about it is that you actually see the Avengers saving people from mm. the destruction in that movie, which, so at least it makes the destruction of this flying island, uh, it gives you a human thing to attach to, which yeah. they don't really, yeah, they don't do a good job of that really in Mob, I guess. That's a fair criticism. Um, I would also say, I would agree with you, and I would just talk- I would actually say that the whole reveal of Claw and, like, its upper echelon goes by, like, too quickly. Because <laughs> it's like, at first they're like, okay, we infiltrate this one headquarters, Sector 7. And, like, what about Sectors 1 through 6? Ah, fuck them. Well, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah, Claw, Claw kind of dissolves pretty quickly into being not, like, once, once they beat them, they, they actually aren't that important. Yeah. Yeah, because once they, like, beat Sector 7, they just... It's like, oh well, now it's not. It's not about the sectors. It's about the the, the, the top guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just gotta go beat him up. Well, like, oh. seven sectors, like, yeah. yeah, which like I get. This isn't this type of show. Like, it's not a D and D campaign. We're not gonna walk you through all the sectors. You're yeah. gonna beat up all the guys. But in anime, is I kind of like that type of thing. That's a type of like. That's the type of um, satisfaction I get from One Piece. Mm-hmm. I guess where One Piece, they'll be like, oh. Here's a bunch of mysterious dudes, and you're like, okay, and I always know I'm going to meet all of them <laughs> eventually. Yeah. They're not going to shaft me on that. Um, but so, and I would also, th- yeah. The, that thing about Claw as well is like when when they're kind of taken care of, that that kind of what is the bad guy in the show? Like, what is like the the main villain? Because the fact that he reforms everybody is like he's reforming all his villains. So right. who does he have to fight? Well, that's and I guess it's like either the the blind guy or Mogami or I don't know. Yeah, because Mogami for he gets captured by a, a, another Esper, and then he but he's yeah. let go at the end. It's t- he's kind of free at the end. Yeah, and Shimazaki kind of fucked off. He could like form his own crew, I guess. But yeah, the thing is, what's up? He's gonna come back as a good guy. Pro- well, here's the thing about that, Claire. I think the show might be yeah. over. <laughs> I don't wait to- really? Well. <laughs> I don't. I haven't read all the manga, but from what I've talked to with people, is that I don't think there's any more actual. There's like a little more content, but there's like maybe three episodes worth, not like a season's yeah. worth. Yeah. So the show might actually be over, which is, uh, you know, it would. Uh, let me ask you this: if the show was well, over, what's that? Say again? I was gonna ask if, if the show's over now, would you feel satisfied by that as the finale? Uh... Like, if I knew it was over, I think I would be. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what the broccoli tree is about. I still have questions left. Yeah, because, um, yeah, that, that's... They introduced introduce that one character that, like, gets the job at Reagan's. Yeah, oh, shit, yeah, they're right. I'm, I'm definitely, I marked down before yeah, we... I, I want to see more of him and how he gets on with his life. Yeah, Sirizawa is essentially a grown-up mob if mob, instead of me and Reagan, if his Reagan was the big bad boss, yeah. Toei, uh... Uh, yeah, Toe- I clicked off his name. <laughs> so it's Boss uh, Toichiro. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. So Sirizawa is the other character we had to talk about before uh, because uh, he's a sweet, gentle. Uh, 
I mean, he's not like a giant physically. He's just an adult. But he's a yeah. giant because he has like massive psychic powers also. If, yeah. if I was going to like tier these, I guess <laughs> this is a tiered YouTube video. I'd be like, okay, Mob is strongest. The boss guy is like right behind him. And then probably Shimazaki, then Sho, then maybe this guy. Those are probably the five most powerful espers, I guess. So this guy, Sirizawa, who um, uh, boss Toichiro uh, was grooming as his, like, new right-hand man, uh, was basically, he carried an umbrella. I really love this guy. His whole design was cool. And his, like, his motif of being really anxious. He's so yeah. anxious, and so he accidentally would hurt it's people. Like a comfort umbrella? Yeah. He had a comfort umbrella because he didn't, yeah. It's, like, something to hold on to for him, I guess. Uh, and, uh... <laughs> Yeah, he he was super anxious and he would hurt people and he didn't know how to control it. And yeah. he, the this was the one dude who felt he felt understood him, but who was also just using him, yeah. which is different than Regan. Regan wasn't just using Mob. He also he was someone who did understand him and was yeah. actually trying to help him. And so, uh, yeah. So yeah, I do. I the way it ended. I, the, the other thing for me, if it did end, what really made me sad is that Mob never told Tsubame Chan how he felt. Come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, a tree sprouts at the end, and that does seem like it sends something up. Yeah. Uh, which I like the the cult thing down there. What's what's that? The cult, the one that's like worships mob. Oh yeah, mob yeah yeah. There's a so there's a cult. Yeah, that... I, I'm not actually satisfied with that as the final. There's a, there's a few things I want. Yeah, to know about that's before. yeah because there's a cult that's looking for mob to make him their their god, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Would you think in this, because there's technology in this world, like there's the internet, you'd think they'd be able to find them easier, but I guess yeah. They, yeah, they can't for the story, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, honestly, the, the only thing that sticks in my craw is that he didn't tell Superman Chan how he felt. And that is, <laughs> that is, that come on, one, or whoever's in charge of this. <laughs> she doesn't have to say yes, I just gotta get to the point where he says it. <laughs> I just, I needed some res- resolution for this. Um, but yeah, besides that, it's a fucking perfect show. I don't know. I got nothing. It's fucking great. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, so, uh, Claire, thank you so much for doing this with me. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, at Claire Doors, is there anything you want to plug? Just, just Twitter. Just cool. Yeah. Uh, look out for her fucking hot, uh, New Japan takes, uh, cause G1's <laughs> coming up. Uh, so, uh, but thank you, Patreon, uh, listeners. Uh, if you, if you don't know, but you probably know, at, uh, T Naruto Podcast is our podcast, uh, sorry, is our Twitter handle, and, uh, hit me up there for more Patreon content you want to hear. Benel's review of Bakuman should be up by the time you're listening to this, so go check that out. Uh, he really goes in depth, Benel's, he's really good on his own, despite what he says. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, thank you so much, Claire, and as always, Sasuke, you voiced my favorite character in the show. <laughs> All right.